0: Creativity. What a gift it is. Have you ever gone to a big box hardware store and looked for paint? Whenever I do, I think, how do they come up with all these shades and textures of paint and then the names for them? There seems to be no end to colors. And that's just one small area of creativity that enriches our lives. As listeners know We haven't really defined creativity on this podcast, but we have alluded to it's having two qualities of originality and functionality, although that's not all. Let me be clear. Functionality doesn't mean money. It means that other people can enjoy it, benefit from it, be enriched by the creative work. And in a sense, they recognize it. I am enriched by the work of our guest today, Millicent Ostel Flake of Sugar Valley, Georgia. She is a speaker, author, retired media specialist, minister, and creative person. Join me for our discussion of creativity in her life. Millicent Austell-Flake and I have known each other as fellow writers with connections to the former Calhoun area writers group. She has a website I will direct you to in the show notes. It's called Under the Magnolia Tree, which is a great title and reflects her love of nature in Georgia. One of her recent blog posts is about her hike up the notoriously steep Disney hiking trail in Dalton. So we have a lot to talk about here. Millicent, first off, you were the first person I've ever met with the name Millicent. So what is the story of your name and am I saying it right? You are saying it right. And um,
1: unfortunately, I don't have a good story. <laughs> my mother just always said she had heard it somewhere. It's kind of funny because my sister um, was named back to our two grandmothers, Ruth Ann, My everyone else, all my cousins on my mother's side, all have family names, except for me. I think uh, they're one of the first women senators was um, named Millicent Fineway, fine something in the 40s. And I think my mother must have heard it there. But I did not have a good story. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, um, if you named after the first woman senator, if that's, possible pretty Pretty good yeah Yeah. i have no idea where my mother got my name either so um it is what it is Uh, as much as i hate that expression it is so um did you grow up and spend most of your time in northwest georgia when you were younger or am i off on that no uh
1: um my growing up years were in north carolina oh Yes, I am. Uh, well, we moved. My father worked for Burlington Industries, which is now no more. Um, but we moved a lot uh, growing up, uh, mostly, but in North Carolina. Uh, most of my growing up years were in a little town, which is very similar to Calhoun. It's called Mooresville, North Carolina. It's above Charlotte. Um, and when I was in high school, we moved to Greensboro, and then my parents never moved again after that. So that was kind of home um, for for us and for them until they both passed away now. But my, uh, I still go up there. But I have family and friends in North Carolina. So we moved. Um, we, my husband and I, moved here in 1987.
0: Okay. So that's interesting. I've spent a lot of time in North Carolina, and uh, my most recent book is settled set in North Carolina too. Awesome. My uh, daughter in law is from Greensboro, so I was there Christmas. I went to spend Christmas with them, and oh. it was very cold. <laughs> Yeah. that was the the Christmas that it was so freezing here and and the south. So um, that was interesting. Yeah, it was cold here. Was yes, Christmas. yes. And okay, well that being uh, the case, then I guess it does make sense that you went to Wake Forest University. Yes, because it, it was
1: literally Wake Forest is less than an hour from Greensboro. I just I thought I was going a long ways off, you know, but it, I was still close to home. Okay.
0: Mm -hmm. And your major there was?
1: Psychology.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, was it right after undergrad that you went to seminary?
1: Yes. Yes, I went. um, um, It was kind of a decision that I made my senior year of college. um, In my uh, fall of my senior year, Um, some of us seniors were able to take it was actually a master's level class but it was on pastoral counseling and it was um, taught by one of the pastoral counselors at the Baptist Medical Center there in Winston-Salem which Winston-Salem has a very large Baptist Medical Center and I just um, realized that I, I was interested in going into some sort of counseling field and I loved the idea of putting the psychology I, I had learned with the Bible, kind of putting the two of them together. And that, that was what really got me excited and what sent me. And at that time, one of the leading writers in, um, uh, the pastoral care field, Wayne Oates, was actually at the
0: seminary in Louisville. And that was why I went up there. That they had a really strong department at that time. Okay. All right. So so you went to seminary in Louisville and got um, MDiv? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so if, if this is going to get into an area that for some is going to be a little controversial, but uh, that's going to be the way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, the issue of your life in ministry and some of the... Um, experiences you've had and some of maybe some people's attitudes about that. So, um, what, where did you minister? <laughs> um, while, well, during my
1: seminary years, and it, it took, you know, it was a pretty big commitment to get an MDiv. Yes. Uh, which still is today. It took me three and a half years. And I was, uh, part of that time I worked in, um, Greensboro at the church there as the, as the youth minister one summer. I worked at another church in Salisbury, North Carolina as a youth minister. And then, um, mm-hmm. for the last, um, uh, two and a half years of my senior years, I drove back and forth about an hour each way to a wonderful little town right in north, northern Kentucky called Fort Thomas. And it's right below Chatton, um, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And I was youth minister there and just had a, it was just a wonderful experience of people just embraced me and um, had a group of young, they were junior high and high school, but we still keep up to, you know, to this day, some of those young people that I was with there. Um, but then after I graduated, um, in December of '84, I think I moved to Birmingham and worked there as a hospital chaplain for a couple of years. Oh, um, and that's where I met my husband while I was working down there. Oh, what interesting work! Yeah, yeah um, you know, I, the other thing is, I look back on it. I mean, I was just in my twenties and part of that time I was working with terminal cancer patients with hospice. Um I worked with the hospice there. And it was um it was a heavy kind of job to do when you're right. twenty five. You know, I yeah. um, it was um it's and I, I I really admire our medical people and um that work in those kind of situations all the time because you almost get you get by you you almost need to um i think if i had been married and had children it might have been different you know where i was seeing a different side of life but sometimes you're just always in the death and dying end can be a little Mm -hmm. bit it can be a challenge but it can be very rewarding too
0: yes I'm going to assume that you were ordained at a church. Um, my church, home church in Greensboro, First Baptist in Greensboro, ordained me.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, being ordained was a requirement to be a hospital chaplain, but it was also right. something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And in retrospect, I've kind of laughed about it. I was really kind of spoiled, I think, Um until we moved up here to this area, I I was just totally supported. I mean, my home church supported me. My family supported me. Um, I was in Birmingham working with other ministers who supported me. And we moved up here, and I found out that a lot of people don't support women in ministry. It was a little bit of a... Um, I think I was naive in a lot of ways as to hmm. sort of what a lot of maybe more rural or more small town people kind of kind of thought.
0: I find it's an interesting it's an interesting topic. Um, I'm not sure it really fits into creativity, and I uh, but it's it's, <laughs> it's an interesting a little bit of a tangent here. Yeah, it is a little bit. But um, and I'll just say if someone is limited in their a uh, way that they could minister that does fit into the creativity that God has given them, yes, I guess is where I'm going with this. Um, because you were able to use your gifts in a position that required ordination in the hospice and in the church and the youth ministry, and some people are not or feel that they are not um, allowed that because of. And not just because of your gender, but because of uh, maybe formal marital status or other things like that. So it's a uh, it is relevant to how we are able to use our gifts and how we might be um, either truly or at least feel that we are not allowed to do that. So um, and I think a lot of a lot of women and a lot of other people struggle with it. Um well, because I, you it's, know,
1: I'll just speak for myself. I grew up like maybe you did. Many of us did in the Southern Baptist Church. I We had Lottie moon offerings and Annie Armstrong yeah, yeah. offerings and missions. We called them GAs back then. And I just always loved the church. And I feel like from a child, I was told if God's calling you to something, you should say yes and right. you should go. Right. And. So I did that. I felt called and I said, yes. And then all of a sudden it was like these people were saying, um, well, yeah, but you can't do that. And it was very confusing for me. Yeah. I mean, it was like, well, and so um, it's interesting um the friend, I have several women friends who were at seminary with me and went into public school. You know, I ended up working in the public schools, which is a ministry, which is a mission field. And it's, you know, absolutely, mm-hmm. um, something to do. Uh, one of my good friends in Louisville, um, went and became a, um, chaplain in a mental institution for many years. Mm. And, um, I'm, I'm very excited and, and I, I like to think that, um, maybe, um, I had a tiny little role in paving that way. You know? mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, but this book kind of getting back to the creativity and my book that I wrote and starting my blog. Um, and that's been kind of a way for me to get back to my, ministerial roots, I think. You know, the blog is um, devotionally based. Now, they're not all I usually try to have a um, a link to a Bible verse in there, but not always. The last one I wrote was about the bathrooms in Italy. <laughs> <I forget>. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it still hopefully has got to give us a little bit of encouragement, make people think a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. So it is related, you know, The creation. yes, it is, because, um, you know, I think a lot of, of women who are in more conservative churches face that that same, uh, you know, I want to do ministry. And then they're told, no, well, no, that can't, you can't be doing that. And it's uh, it's a it's a, a definitely a, a thing to talk about. Um So, yeah, since you went into your writing, we want to talk about your book. That is very important. I am reading it and I want to say, of course, I want to recommend it. I'm finding it real, authentic and encouraging. Um, I I, your voice is very clear and very um, compassionate. uh, And yet not in any way. I guess the word I would use is treacly, not not like a lot of women's right. <laughs> That's terrible. I hate to say that. But a lot of women who write devotional literature, it's just very weepy almost. And, and yours is based in, in an understanding of scripture uh, and, and not an emotional uh, emphasis on that. There's emotion there. I don't I don't mean it that way, but um, you know, the emotion in, it, I, would, I guess what I'm saying is emotion doesn't come first the truth comes first and uh, so I want to know the story behind the book and then the story about writing the book um well I want to go back to when I
1: started my blog because it's all kind of connected yeah one of okay. the things that um that I feel very strongly about, and, and I know you are the same way, is encouraging other writers. And you're wonderful at doing this because about, gosh, it's been about seven or eight years ago um, when blogs first came out. You know, I didn't even know what a blog was. And a woman in my church, I was going to um First Methodist in Calhoun at the time because they had women history. And uh there was a woman there who um she was actually a speech pathologist. Her name's Ginger, shout out to Ginger, and she is just a naturally funny person. Ginger's just someone who she's just a funny person, and she started writing a blog, she was raising two children. It was just her life, and it was funny, and it was thought-provoking, and I loved it. And I said to her one day, um, I wish I could do that. And she said, Millicent, you can. And that was really the seed to get me started. And I think so many people say to me – um, Oh, I, I would like to write a book and it's just a matter of doing it, you know, and learning about it. I mean, you, you don't just sit down and write it and it comes out perfect. Um, but I started, um, actually right now, I don't know if on the audio, if, um, could hear birds singing, but I'm sitting on my porch under, we have a old house, um, in Sugar Valley. It was built in 1859. And we have a huge magnolia tree, and that's where the name under the magnolia tree came from. So the blog has been so rewarding for me because I've met people um, through the blog. I've reconnected with old friends. Um, somehow or another, through the magic of Google, it goes all over the world. I'm always mm-hmm. very surprised when I look at my stats and see where it's gone. Um, So that said, I, so um, this is a long answer. I hope I'm not taking too much time. No, it's fine. I started a novel, which is unfinished and that, and people ask me, what's your next book going to be? It's going to be this young adult novel that I started about five or six years ago. And it's loosely based on my experiences when when I was in high school, my sister died from cancer. Very, obviously, very difficult situation. Um, and um, the book is set in the 70s. I'm a huge, I love 70s rock and roll. And so I kind of can't quote lyrics or anything in a book, but right <laughs> and use titles. And so I incorporate some of that in it. And it's kind of how I wish my story had turned out, which is one of the wonderful things you can do with fiction writing. You know, you mm-hmm. can write it. Well, this is the, it is based on myself as a at that time, 1976. Um, but it's the rest of it is fictional. So I had been working on that for off and on for several years. Um, and I retired in 2019 from Valley Point Middle School. I was the media specialist. So, of course, I was around young adult, you know, middle school, high school literature, which there's some wonderful books out there. And that fall, I went with a friend to my first Christian writing conference, which was in Tectola, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, and I can't remember now the name of you may be familiar with that conference. It was a small conference. It wasn't that there's a big, huge Christian Writers Conference at Blue Ridge. um, But this was sort of offshoot a bit. And I didn't know that at these Christian Writers Conferences, you can sit down with all these editors and agents um, for free. And you got to talk to all these people. So I I like what you said about my book not being like some other women's devotionals because I I sat down. That's a big compliment to me because I sat down with yes. this woman editor and I have to kind of laugh because she was a little bit grumpy. You know, you think, oh, a Christian editor, she's gonna be all hearts and flowers, but she wasn't. She was kind of grumpy. And we were talking about other books I might be interested in doing. And she said, you know, I'm just tired of these devotional books that are like devotions for golfers, devotions <laughs> for gardeners. He said, I'm just tired of that. I want something with some meat to it. Yeah. So naively, I'm sitting there thinking, well, I've got this seminary degree and I'm retired. I can, I can knock this thing out in a couple of months and I'm back <laughs> to my mom. And, um, you're laughing because you know you don't just <laughs> knock the book out. And I wish we out. could. Right. Four years later, if I. Like that, um, so I so I started working on it, and it was kind of you know a work in progress. And I was thinking about how hard, um, all of the emotions I had felt. Retiring from the school system. And, you know, teachers will always say when you retire in May, it doesn't really hit you till August when everybody else right. is going back to school. And, and I was happy to be retired. I was, you know, it was time, but you know, you just, you miss your friends, you miss the routine. And so I thought about other times of change. I thought about um, when I had my son and going through, you know, becoming a new mother. um, Kind of on the other end of the spectrum, I thought about when my parents died. um, They died 20 years apart. But, you know, you go through all of that. um, Just so many changes. So I started looking at people in the Bible who had gone through similar changes. And so that's why um, each chapter is based on a different person from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And when they went through changes and I did a lot of studying on it. Um, and then again, naively I thought, well, there's just going to be tons of people wanting to publish this book. And I started sending out um uh, Queries and, you know, to all of these Christian publishers and just was not getting anywhere. Nobody was interested. And one of the things that I kind of learned is a lot of these, um, even smaller publishing companies, they would like for you to have a huge following, like 5,000 Instagram followers or be pastor of a big church. Mm-hmm. And, um, this has been a year, a year ago, January, um, I had been talking with um, a company that uh, is a hybrid company. They you pay them to um, publish your book, but they don't take just anybody. They are choosy and they are affiliated with Cooperative Baptist. So I felt like they were, a um, you know, reputable and they had expressed a lot of interest in wanting to publish it. But when I had finished it and finally sent it into them, I said, okay, I'm going to do this hybrid. Um, the the man I had been emailed with um, emailed me back and he said, Nelson, I think this book is really good. I really like your writing, but it's not long enough. He said, we really need, I don't remember how many words. And I was just like, I can't even body to publish this book. I was so upset. <laughs> so I just um put it on the shelf. I just said, All right, Lord, you know, I thought you were guiding me to write this book. And um the conference that you and I were at this past Saturday, uh, one of the women talked about painting her bedroom when she got frustrated with, and I kind of did the same thing. I um, decided to completely redo my dining room and kitchen and pretty much didn't do much writing. I just worked on my house and, and which was, it was, a you know, good. I needed to. And um, meantime, uh, and I was still blogging, still doing the blog. But this time last year, I was actually getting ready to get on a boat And go down the Amazon River on Mm -hmm. a Bible study mission trip through an organization called Justice and Mercy International. And, um, Kelly Minter is a Bible teacher. She now publishes through Lifeway. She's phenomenal. I highly recommend her. And she was part of this trip, and it was just a, um, very, um, very much, you felt very close to the Holy Spirit when you're out on this boat. We were totally, um, you know, off the grid. We were sitting up on this boat with the wind blowing and being having Bible study and with all these other women. And we also um, went into the villages and did some ministry. And when I got back from that, and it was such a life changing experience I just felt like God said to me, um, well, Nelson, are you ready to let me help you with this book now? <laughs> and um, I said, OK. And I decided that I would self-publish. And once I made that decision, I just felt very much at peace. I felt very free. I thought I'm going to do it how I want to do it. And because I, I just didn't feel like I could take someone another rejection on it. And, um, my cousin's daughter is an artist. She lives, well, she, she did live in Durham, North Carolina. She has recently moved to Virginia, um, Brave on Cannon and she did my cover, which I think is beautiful. Yes. Um, and, um, so, you know, I worked with her on that. I started uh, I went back to my original manuscript and realized that what the editor had said to me was true. In fact, I recently emailed him and thanked him. I said, thank you for telling me that this book wasn't ready, Um, because <laughs> it just wasn't ready. I really all last fall um just kept working on it and it just flowed. It just it was like the gates had opened and it just. You know, the ideas would come, the scripture was there. Um, So I um, self published in, uh, well, really in January, but I didn't really advertise that it was out till the first. Okay.
0: Now it says Harbor
1: oh that's kind of made up (laughs) oh okay okay (laughs) i wanted to be published through lulu um blue and um actually um yeah our mutual friend amber nagel who has been a wonderful help to me Mm -hmm. um she she had said, I can call it anything I want to. So, the road on is Harbor Road. So, that's just, that's kind of a pretend. I mean, that's it's what I called it. I had I had Googled them, and I, there is a Harbor something. Yes, and I actually Googled it myself and made sure I did not have the exact same wording as this. Uh, uh, there okay. is a Harbor Publishing, but no. I, yeah. um I just put it in there to I just called it harbor um, the our house, the harbor family lived in this house for over a hundred years. they were it's oh, kind of, okay. they um and it's a kind of a landmark in Sugar Valley. a lot of people know this house. it was one of the first houses built here, so you know we take a lot of pride in that, but we have yeah. to say we're we're more uh. Look, it's not, it's we're sort of looking after the house. Of course, we've been here for 35 years, but so uh-huh. that, that's why the, the Harbor harbor Publishing.
0: I like that, that we're looking after the house. Yes. I like that. Yes. It's funny you say that you, you meant, I have a, I have sometimes published under uh, a certain imprint of my own, you know, that oh, really? I'll put on things, but yeah, um. But it's it's not as it's it doesn't have as much meaningfulness, I think, as uh as Harbor Road. I like that one. Um, where exactly is Sugar Valley? Sugar Valley is a little bit
1: northwest of Calhoun. So if you're coming down okay. 75. Um, and like the Carbon, you might remember the Carbondale Road exit. Yes. Uh-huh. That's the exit that I take. Um, it goes through a little community called Hill City. And then you're at or. um The next exit down is 136. And uh, you probably have seen it if you go to the, if you're going south on 75, if you go left, you go to Resaca. Yes, if you go right, you go to Lafayette, and yes. we're mm-hmm. off of that road. So oh, okay, okay, Literally, yeah, I knew about that. About seven miles from Calhoun, so um, you know, I I sort of say I live in Calhoun, uh, but I'm in Dalton a lot with my church, and mm-hmm. I've got a lot of friends in Dalton. So
0: okay, I think that Georgia has some of the neatest names for towns. Yes, um, there's uh, Dewey Rose, my brother. In law used to live in a. He worked in a group home for children. For um, uh, it was Southern Baptist, and it was called Dewey Rose, Georgia. It's over on the other northeast side. There's um, Rising Fawn. Yes. is that not that's... the most beautiful name for a town?
1: Right, place? right.
0: And um, well, Ball Ground that's not as romantic. And Talking Rock. Yeah, and Cherry Log. Yeah, <laughs> those yes. are just so beautiful. Yeah. So, uh, Sugar Valley made me think of those. And my, under, I have done some.
1: Sugar Valley is a really fascinating area because at one time, a hundred years ago, it was a thriving little town. It had um, a, a big iron ore operation. There were trains going through. There was a uh, the they called it a seminary back then but it was a women's a girls school um this would have been more the turn of the century um it had a hotel and a store and my understanding is the name was came from the fact that there were sugar maple trees here right. mm-hmm. um so it's it was a kind of a big town at one time so hmm. It's it's pretty quiet now. We do have a post office and we're getting a dollar general. That's the big news. (laughs) We're getting the dollar general out here. So, oh my, is that is that progress? (laughs) Well, and for whatever reason, the land, like if you go to, um, South gordon county there are just tons and tons of uh, neighborhoods and the land in sugar valley has not sold like that so we're still pretty rural out here
0: that sounds that's well that's pretty good um you know talking about town names um it's it's one that's that's a kind of creativity in itself what do you name a town there's a town in south carolina called 96 I haven't heard of that one. And there's a history behind it, but it's just they I couldn't think of his uh, name. So they just gave it a number. I've always thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, Lacking creativity in that one. Yeah. Lacking in that one. Um, So we, uh, as you mentioned, we just uh, attended a wonderful writers conference in Cartersville last week. And a lot of good things happened there for me. I was wet, revved up. So uh, what about you? Do you, you go to writers' conferences much? And what do well, you think? you know, I have not because of COVID,
1: you know. That's true. Um, yeah. In fact, I kind of laughed. You know, I retired and they went to that <coughs> writers' conference that fall and just was all excited to start doing writers' conferences. And then we all know what happened March of 2020, you know everything yeah. kind of shut down. But what I am excited about starting to go back to some. Um, in February, I went. Uh, I highly recommend this one. I went to Eatonton, Georgia, which is on Lake Hartwell, um, east oh, of yeah. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. To the um, you may not know that in Eatonton is the Georgia Writers Museum there. I don't know. And it's also, my understanding is, that was where um, the man, who, the person who wrote Uncle Remus stories, Um uh-huh. yeah. I can't think of his name. Joel Chandler Harris. Yes. So I think maybe that's why they have the museum there, but they put on a writer's workshop every year, and it was wonderful. Um, and again, it was the first one I've been to in four years because of COVID and mm-hmm. during COVID, which I'm sure you did, I did some online things, but you know, for me, and this is nothing against the speaker. Speakers are wonderful, but I feel like when you go to a conference, the real benefit is meeting people and yes. talking yes. to other writers and you learn mm-hmm. more in the, in between the conference, the speakers, then sometimes you do. And, you know, when you do something online, you, you don't really get that, you know, you lose right. um, mm-hmm. out on that.
0: So, yes. um, yeah. I, so so I, I, think know, I think the networking is, is really important because you, you really have to know other writers for a right. number of reasons, you know, right. So.
1: Because writers, we all help each other. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things I love about it. We're very, are supportive of each other. Um, and it, you know, it's at least my experience has been that way. I'm maybe if you're up in the big leagues, it's not that way, but, um, yeah, I've had just so many people have been supportive and helpful. So.
0: Now at the conference, one of the, the speakers, the main one, uh, Loretta Hannon, whom I did not know, um, It was she uh, quoted Dorothy Parker, who said, I hate writing, but love having written. (laughs) And uh, I think we can all relate to that or maybe not. I mean, I I get sometimes so lost in the process that um, I have a I have an experience later. I'll go back and read it and say, where in the world did that come from? Right. I wasn't I wasn't. Uh, personally, conscious of or aware of that, and Isn't then it, that exciting when that happens. When you're yeah, like, it's a little it's weird. Like <laughs> Where did that come from? You yeah. know? Yes. So, how do you respond to that quote from uh, Dorothy Parker? So, I think
1: so. Um, she also mentioned that she she works. I don't know. If she works full time, but I know she said she is a fun. She works She works at the. Um, Georgia Highlands um and that she gets up like at 5 a.m to write and yeah. what I'll tell you what I related to um from I have been a runner for many years right now I'm more of a run walker um mm-hmm. but um for many years and, and we kind of laugh about it now my friends and I we got up super early like 4 30 in the morning to go to uh-huh before we had to be at work. And I still, this morning, I met my friends at 6 a.m. because they still have jobs that they have to be ready early. But I, I hate, I don't like getting up and I don't, you know, the actual getting there. But once I'm there, I love it. And I'm sort of the same way with writing. Sometimes I have to make myself sit down and Um, I have a sticky note um, on my computer screen that says, "butt in the chair that I put in there years ago. (laughs) And like you said, once I sit down and start doing it, I love it and I don't want to stop. But it's Mm -hmm. just sometimes it's hard um, to make myself sit down and do it. And um, but yeah, and I don't I don't really that sort of seems like it shouldn't. I guess it's like anything. It's just it takes a little bit of effort. It, you have to you have to think about it, you know. Um but once I start I, I love it.
0: Yes. Um the going back to your book in this the idea of having written it now that you've got it out there what's happened if you Gotten. You know,
1: um and I know you have written many books and this is my first one but it has been the most wonderful experience um uh-huh. and um i have had um just a lot of doors open but and that was cool. that has been my prayer that through this doors would open um I've been really busy uh, in fact i have not been Doing a lot of writing because I'm so busy promoting this, which is a good thing. I knew it would be that way. Um, I, um, I did a, a book launch at, at the Calhoun Arts Center um, or Harris Arts Center in Calhoun back in February, uh, or yeah, February. Had a writer friend help me with that. Gray Bridges. She did a great job. I went to North Carolina and one of my good friends in Greensboro had a signing for me with a bunch of our high school friends. Um, And then I went to Italy for two weeks with my son and his wife and his wife's mother. And then I got back from that and I had been invited um through a seminary friend to um, be a presenter at our State Cooperative Baptist Senior Adult Workshop at St. Simon's. So I came back from Italy. I was home a week, and then I went to St. Simon's, did a book signing there. Um, I'm uh, speaking at our Calhoun um Friends of the Library meeting, and about another week. So it's it's just been it's been fun. It's been great, um, and I'm I'm hoping that it's going to be more opportunities. I'm really hoping. I've had some people talk about wanting me to come to their churches and speak, and I would love that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so far, it's just been people saying, oh, yeah, sometime we'd love for you to come. And I not been anything definite yet, but I'm hoping that'll happen. And um, just kind of riding the wave. I know, it, you know, when you have a book, it, you know, after a while, it'll sort of start to peter off and then I'll get back to other things. So.
0: Well, um, you know, I was listening to someone who who is more well known and had just written a book and said that in the first month or so is critical that you do a lot of promoting. So uh my book is coming out next week and Carly yes. is uh she's got me you know, you know <laughs> she's setting me up yeah. chances. And um it's kind of, I have been, although I have written a lot, I have been a the world's worst promoter. I've just right. not uh for a variety of reasons, just not done that. And um
1: uh, well it's kind of most you know, writing and promoting are kind of two ends of the spectrum. So, a lot of, you yeah. know, a lot of people don't like to do the, you know, it's, it's kind of, I, I feel like I sort of have both parts of that in my personality. I don't mind, but yeah, it's
0: so you're fortunate you've got Carly doing a lot of that for you. <laughs> yes. Her, uh, her assistant is, uh, setting up some things, uh, oh, Kelly. That's- so that's good. She's got me going to, down closer to Atlanta, <laughs> which will be, um, and, and then in Douglas County and then in Rome. So I don't, you know, I'm going right. kind of far around. Yeah, I'm
1: having to go out and beat the bushes a little bit myself. I yeah. will say, and I want to, I want to say this to just, um, promote a little bit that, um, just yesterday I went by and talked with the owners at um, Raspberry Row in Dalton and yes. the Green Door, which is downtown, and they both are now carrying my books. So if anyone would like to okay. you're if you're in Dalton or that area and you want to pick up a book, both of those stores have them. So, again, I, that's one of those things I'm having to sort of put myself out there a little while and just go ask, you know, what can, they, and then I have a couple of places in Calhoun that have been selling them for me. Um, and have they've sold pretty well. Um, so I, we have a Christian bookstore in Calhoun called the lighthouse and I've sold, um, a lot of books there, which is, and then I feel like may, hopefully that it helps their business. Maybe if someone comes in for my book, they'll buy something else, you know, so. Right. Yeah, want to help the local businesses
0: out. Yeah, I'm trying to do that. I have a book signing at a, a local business in Catoosa next week, and I'm trying to push the support local, you know, right. local publisher, local author, local business, right. you know, not a chain, that kind of thing. Um, so as far as what's next in your writing world, you you still working on the, the YA novel? Yes. And um, when things kind of settle down here and I
1: catch my breath, also this time of year, I love to be working with my flowers and I do have a vegetable garden and all that it takes your time, but I am going to go back to my YA novel Um, And wrap it up and um, start seeing, you know, if I want to self publish it. Um, I did have some interest back when I kind of dropped it and started working on this one, um, which I would not recommend that. I don't, I put back on it now and I don't, I think I, I I would not recommend that to other people, but that's what I ended up doing. But on the other hand, um, I've heard a lot of people say, your first book is kind of your, that's the one you learn on, I guess. And I have yes. definitely learned a ton from getting this one out there. So, uh, and the second book will be very different. It'll be a different audience. Um, hopefully, um, I will be able to, um, call out, call up some of my media specialist friends and see if they want me to. Right. Come get into the schools, which I would love to do. So, um, so we'll see. It'll be a, a different way to go. But, um, uh, hope I'm hoping with that book. Um, and actually this several years ago when I was first started it and I was actually at the, um, Red Clay Riders Conference at Kennesaw, which um, started back this year. I was not able to go because, unfortunately, I was in Italy, so I couldn't go to the Red Clay (laughs) Riders Conference. I
0: picked Italy over Kennesaw. um, But I remember
1: just sort of standing and standing around talking to a woman about the book, and I told her it was about a girl who was dealing with grief after her sister dies. Mm -hmm. She said, my daughter is in high school and just had a close friend die and she's really Uh struggling. And she said, "Um, I think a book like that would be helpful to her. That's kind of, you know, um, hoping that maybe because when this happened in 1976, I didn't have any. I didn't have anything to read or any stories about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think people are much more open now
0: than they used to be back then about talking about things. Yes. Yes. I think that's a, you have a, have an audience in that respect there. It's It's an important topic. So thank you for joining us today, Millicent. Listeners, you can find her book, Moving Beyond, Journeying Through Life's Changes, at the places she mentioned, for example, Raspberry Row in Dalton and the the, uh, Green Door. And is it also online? Yes. It's on Amazon. It's on um,
1: Barnes and Noble. You can also order it directly from Lulu.com.
0: Again, thank you for joining us. and. Listen next time for another creator from the Tennessee Valley, North Georgia region. Goodbye.